Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Firm. I am Lance. (laughs) We're keeping that in here, ladies and gentlemen. You better go. My name is Al Gore, and I am the host of Inside the Firm. Today I'm with my co host, Lance Psycho. Yep. And uh, I have spiders for brains. (laughs) Yes. He's a Lance Psycho. Spiders. Speaking of that, um, quick hard transition since I'm Lance Psycho. The world, we'll talk about this, construction costs. Where are they going? How are they, are they going? Very important. What's happening here? Um, this does relate, though, to if construction costs are going there, it means inflation is going there, up. Yeah. And it does mean at some point you have to have a sturdy foundation because things can drop more quickly in a scenario that is unpredictable. 100%. Right? So that's why uh, if you haven't buttoned up your skills to be valuable in either Revit, revitrocketship.com, go check that out. Model like it gets built, gives you a leg up. If you uh, want to get in the residential architecture game, it's a perfect place to do it. And then the other is architectsguide2.com, which is the architect to builder course help you secure some of those uh, projects to actually build, to extend your base, to create a steady foundation of financials so that you can weather any storm that comes your way. Check them out. Absolutely. The other thing you should check out is ArcCat. With project conditions changing, as Alex said, and limited time to get things done, we never have enough time. It's good to have information at your fingertips. ArcCat.com provides architects, engineers, spec writers, and contractors like Al Gore with the most comprehensive libraries of building product content and designed so you can access it quickly and efficiently. Even better, ArcCat.com is free to use and requires no registration. So visit today and access the information you need now. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Check them out. You also need to visit PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Why? Because you've never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters, the pioneers of industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement on and build on one another. They don't push beyond the limits. They set them. Explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Back to you, Mr. Gore. What is happening with construction costs? I just had a meeting with uh, a roofer, and basically he said material supplies over the past 18 months have gone up 15, 50%. So that's already happened. Say that one more time just because that was a lot. Material supplies over the past 18 months have already went up 50% for roofing. Holy cats. Okay. <clears throat> basically, what is happening now is they have then been let know from the manufacturers to expect a 5% increase every month. 
And I go, holy cow, in 10 months, by the end of the year, that's another 50%. Mm-hmm. Then he stated, well, you forgot about compounding interest. Compounding interest. <laughs> holy <laughs> Because point. 5% on something that's 25% higher is not the same as 5% on something that's 25% lower. So that's crazy. And yeah. I bet you it's not all related to this. He also says warehouses are full. <clears throat> Exactly. You look puzzled. Why are warehouses... If you're watching on YouTube, that was a very confused look by me. The reason warehouses are full Uh is because everyone knows that this is happening. So they're saying, hey, supplier, buy it, send it to the broker. The broker will keep it. Hold it it for me until I'm ready. Now the warehouses are, he, he said, completely full, completely full, that they are even under the table giving some supplies to people who can take it right now just to unload their warehouses amazing but here's the kicker here's the problem now if you order something right you order let's just roofing hey your price is supposed to be i bought it the price now is at 50 percent higher than it was 18 months ago say eight bucks a roll i'm making up numbers right they say hey we can no longer give you those numbers because your materials will not come in for six months and we can give you a quote now the price you will be charged is the price at delivery. So let's right. say within that six months, it goes up 5% six times. Let's say over those six months, someone, COVID shuts down a plant. Let's say a fire shuts down a plant. You do not have a guarantee of what the price is. They do, they, they do not care. And I don't mean this in a negative way. There is nothing they can do about it. You are now being charged a future price. You cannot lock in prices, at least in that area. Wow. That is crazy. Do you have any, what are the, so what's your, what's the, what, what's your, do you have a strategy to, there's no, I mean, it's just beyond being aware. Like, is there a strategy to try to mitigate here? Um, one is when we're doing with that is, Hey, can you order it? And then we can maybe take delivery early because we can store it on site. There you go. There you go. So that's what you should look for is like, okay, if I'm planning for a project, can I store stuff on site? Do I need Or a do you have another site you can store it on? You know, really do some cost analysis here of like, does it make, does it make enough sense to do that? Uh, even if it's on another site or a buddy site or whatever, and then securing the materials, uh, you know, like what's the cost difference between doing, doing all of that, which maybe includes like a shipping container. Yep. The other thing too is... <clears throat> Maybe customers need to be vetted a little bit more. And especially if you're going to take on the construction side, I think sometimes architects do not care if it gets to construction as long as they get paid throughout the design to do it, right? But some people will ask, hey, what is this going to cost me? I'm going to design for this price range. Interesting. You can say, hey, this is going to cost you $230 a square foot, 250 whatever that number is going to be. But just to let you know, Prices are very, very unstable, unpredictable, and cannot be locked down. And if you, if this $250 a square foot is going to break your budget, maybe we need to reduce the square footage or design to a lesser standard, and maybe you can upgrade later or something like that and plan for $200 a square foot rather than $250. Just know that that's coming. Then you're gaining trust. Then you're giving them knowledge, which makes you more of an authority, you know, and you're doing the right thing. Well, uh, today I would like to do a something I haven't done before, we haven't done before on this podcast, and that is g- give, a, give a little sneak peek for a, an upcoming Monday morning uh, coffee episode. Uh, I re-interviewed yesterday a wonderful lady. Her name is Veronica Romney, and she is a dream team architect. 
not not the architect in the sense of building. So anybody who gets triggered by that, I'm sorry. Uh, but that that's what her title is. She's calling herself. Uh, she helps on uh, entrepreneurs dial in human resources, uh, cultures in their company, bottom lines, all of that stuff. She was she was great. She's a Cuban. She's a first generation Cuban immigrant. So we got into a little bit of that. Um, but she had three. She had two really good points or points of discussion that I thought. One of them she even called her a little TED talk, which I liked. Um, and the first one is. Uh, it's called Three Pillars Behind Successful Desi- Dream Teams and Hiring A-Level Players. Ooh. And uh, I thought it, I thought it'd be interesting to play because it, the, some of the points she made really hit us um, in a meaningful way lately with some staff changes. So um, here we go. I'm interested to see what Al has to say and, and the audience. So again, this is a little sneak preview. There's two snippets here that I want to play for everybody. What are the three pillars behind a successful dream teams and hiring A players? Oh, goodness. Gosh. Okay. Here's just Veronica's TED Talk philosophy. And I'm just going to be real straight with you because this is what I have found that works for me. But then when I apply this to how I hire or retain or promote, it has always served me very well. So it's just my compass. So my compass goes along the lines of like, there are three core pillars why people stay or they go. And at any point, if any of these three pillars are in jeopardy, let's say they're a yellow light or an orange flag or a pink flag, like we have a problem because now you have a flight risk or you have somebody who can easily turn into a locker room lawyer and spread negativity amongst the rest. So for me, number one, do you actually have a passion for what you do? Like you like the thing that you do when you are in isolation. Like I like writing or I like deploying emails or I like ads. Like what do you actually like when surrounded by no one and you are isolated? Number two, now comes the people components for social creatures. Do you like doing what you love to do with the people next to you or for you? And I have certainly been in jobs where I loved the thing I was doing and hated my boss and had to get the hell out, right? So do you enjoy the people that you are next to or you're working for? And then the third pillar has always been for me, do I feel like I'm getting paid fairly for the passion and and my contributions that I'm lending to you? Let's be very clear, right? So like, do I like what I do? Do I like who I work for? And do I like what I get paid? And if any moment those three things are in pill, like in, in any kind of jeopardy, we have a flight risk. I love it. I love it. Wasn't because, that good? Because it, it, it's three things. It's passion, profit, people. Yeah. Like, do you have enough profit to pay them? Who are the people? Do they fit in the culture? And do they have a passion for it? Now, here's a question. How do you because me and you are different, but I believe that you were a good hire for F9. Still <laughs> here. Haven't been fired. So Nick, if you need a uh, architect, there you go. You'll go to Litterbox City. <laughs> Litterbox <laughs> State. Um, I, you probably know, I was drawing literally since forever. And then architecture since middle school, like legitimate yep. architecture since yep. middle school. If I asked you, like Lance, what project have you designed, thought of? doodled, sketched, whatever, outside of schoolwork, would you have an answer for that back in the day? And then should I flag you for that? When, so where, what, okay. What, how old am I? What am I doing? You are just graduating college mm-hmm. and you're applying to F9. Oh, uh, I felt as if I didn't learn Revit to the capacity that uh, the former firm I was working for should have taught me. And so what I did is I took uh, one of the tree houses for my thesis and I remodeled it in Revit. And that's what I've been working on. Yep. The other thing you could say too, unless you forget it, is that 
I did all my schoolwork. And then on top of that, I did another thesis about sustainable sure. design and straw bale, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the reason I'm getting to the reason why I ask this is because a lot of times we think of standards that we want to have now that we couldn't meet in the past. And the example is um, Navy SEALs were making new standards, right? And yeah. they said, hey, these should be the new standards for getting into the Navy SEALs. And then the commander said, hey, that's great. Give me a second. <clears throat> he comes back like an hour later. He goes, here were all of your PT tests. None of you would have made it in. <laughs> are you sure that these are the standards we should have? Because none of you yeah. would be Navy SEALs. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean to like negative on it because I love it, but I'm just trying to find a way like how do we... Um, vet for this in a realistic way. I'm so glad you asked, Mr. Gore. Oh. What if you're hiring somebody with no experience is our next little segment here. And uh, I think it's a good way to... So there, there's part... There, you'll see there's there's some partial answer here. But I, I like this. Like, okay, it's, a, it's at least setting you setting you up the interv- interviewer for the interviewee of like asking those kind of questions about passion. That was very important to me. It's like, so I know that for a fact, uh, one of our one of our senior staff members, um, back when I was on Instagram, and I followed him and he followed me, I would see him at the beginning of even his work here, going above and beyond and working on additional projects. I don't think I've ever told you that it was Ross, mm. and uh, so <clears throat> it was literally the same kind of thing. He would de- he was developing like a uh, a school project that he did by hand in Revit. In his, in his spare time when he would post photos and stuff like that. Um, I just think that's a really good question. And I think you need to get that out of the way first because if, if, if they don't, if they're not showing any kind of extra passion in any other way, I can tell you from experience, like you might see some crazy slouching in the office to the point where you're like questioning, like, like, are you hating, are you hating the work here? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we need to look at our uh, interview questionnaire. And and have these three things and have example questions that we can ask yeah. about those. Yeah. Between this between this gal and uh, I'm just gonna look it up real quick here. Um, let me see here on a different one. So between this gal, which again her name um, is Veronica Romney, and uh, there's another Monday morning sh- episode that I would encourage everybody to take a look at. It just published this last Monday. Probably, maybe you guys have already listened to it, but his name is Ryan England. And he, he does the same thing. He talks about uh, his, his company is Core Matters. They provide coaching and training on attracting, hiring, and retaining rock star employees. Between those two, uh, literally he's got a whole process and a system. It's called the Core Fit Hiring System. So for small and mid-sized businesses, like it's exactly this audience. Mm-hmm. Um, very critical, I think. And honestly, but before we hire another person, like I'm considering taking the course. Well, um, there was that. It's um, so just, I'm telling you, like everybody should, I think we've gotten, when I look back at our staff right now, I look and I think, holy cow, I think we got really lucky in a lot of the circumstances without genuinely knowing like what kind of questions we should be asking based on interviewing experts like this. Like I look back at it and go like, Oh my God, I'm so thankful. We basically got lucky in this, in that sense. Like I don't, you know what I mean? We, we, we have started bringing in staff in on the meetings, which is great, but there is a time that it could be two years in the future, yeah. which seems like it, this wouldn't happen <clears throat> where Denver could be hiring their own thing. Exactly. So like, why we not have, have a protocol? this and then okay why this is important example questions that you can ask 
Exactly. And like story brand, Don Miller has, I, I remember, I don't know what they were, but some key things to look for. Like we need to synthesize these and put them together. Yeah. Okay. So next one is again, what if you're hiring someone with no experience? I'm just going to play that, tease that up here for me and Al and you. What if you're hiring somebody with no experience, somebody just out of school who actually doesn't even know the software you need to have them produce and, and you, maybe you have training in, in place for that. How do you test them at that point? Yes. So, okay. So sometimes the test is your process to completing the test more than the actual submission, if that makes sense. It does. So when you're hiring completely green people, I almost measure their approach to the test and whether or not they ask follow-up questions, whether or not, like I, I want to see, so sometimes I'll actually ask them to record a loom. It's like a, it's like a math, like my son's and he's eight. It's like so much, you know, you get points for how you did the math uh, equation. So you actually have to like outline all the steps and you get points up until you get that one step wrong more than you get points, whether or not the answers black or white incorrect. It's the same idea when you're having a completely green person, it's their approach to the test more than the results of the test that matter. Oh my God. Doesn't that speak to culture? Like their approach to solving the problem. Are they asking questions? Are they seeking help? Are they yep. just internalizing? If you have an open if you're trying to have an open studio culture like we are, like that's it. Yep. I, I love that too. I wonder a lot of what's happening in school curriculums that I hear, like I, I don't agree with, but this one, if this is correct, I remember hating this in math. You have your equation that you yes. have to solve. Your, you have five lines down and then all of a sudden like you forgot to divide by A in like the fifth line down and you're like, well, I got that whole question wrong. But actually like even for getting divided by A, like I solved it correctly <laughs> even after that. But you miss out one thing in a, so it makes sense. That's very cool that they're doing that. It, it makes a lot of sense to think about it like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. Last thing I've got here is I just want to know if anybody is still using Thumbtack. I actually turned th our Thumbtack back on after taking a hiatus for about a year. It's not that Thumbtack wasn't doing their job. I've, I've had the, I've had the, uh, uh, the marketing, one of the marketing directors on a Monday morning show. I still love that service. Uh, they've they've led to some really amazing projects for us, Eldorado Climbing Walls, um, the Eastwatch House, which has been all over the internet, graced the cover of Builder Magazine. Uh, can't fluff them up enough, but if anybody else is using Thumbtack, I would I would love for you to write to me, lmc at f9productions.com, that's lmc at f9productions.com, and tell me if you have seen a drop in leads. I have been advertising for two weeks now, we haven't spent a dime, yeah. and... Meaning you get you pay for the leads now, basically. If a lead comes in, then you pay for it. So to, to make it clear to everybody, uh, I haven't seen any. I'm mm. kind of blown away. Like, I don't, I don't, what I'm curious about is, like, is this a sign of cracks in the economy? Or is this just, it's springtime in Colorado. It's, we're finally going to experience 70, 80 degree weather. It's been a real winter here. Al would agree. And uh, now everybody's just outside uh, fishing. A lot of the people... Um, indifferent that I communicate with that aren't inside the firm, uh, we're taking spring break too. Exactly. Literally, I have clients on spring break potentials. Potentials on spring break right now, not not doing anything. So who knows? Maybe next week I'll I'll fill you back in and be like, oh no, I was right. Spring break. Yep. Hey, do we have a read? We have the reads were Miss Romney. Oh, very very nice. So now is the time for ARE Jeopardy. It is. Let's bring down the team.
Question number one. <clears throat> when two exits are required, they are to be placed a distance apart equal to blank, the diagonal dimension of the space. Is it A, one-third, B, one-half, C, one-fourth, D, two-x? Don't ask questions. This don't talk to the question. <laughs> hey. I'm asking questions. You don't ask questions about questions. You don't ask them. A, B, C. Uh, it is B, one half. That's something you should know. <laughs> I, I know it's a specific, but that's something you should know. Yeah. This is one you shouldn't know, but it's interesting. Uh, question two. High rises of more than 420 feet tall. Elon Musk set that distance. Must have stairs separated. So a lot of skyscrapers, you'll see like the stairs like touching each other. It's saying if you're over 420, you actually have them separated. Of not less than blank of the length of the maximum overall diagonal. Is it A, one-third, B, one-half, C, one-fourth, D, two-X? C, B, B. Uh, the correct answer is one-fourth, C. So, yeah. What is the maximum, number three, what is the maximum dimension of an ADA riser? A, four inches, B, five inches, C, six inches, D, seven inches. I see that smirk. I was hoping you'd get, I'd get one out of you. <laughs> what is the maximum dimension of an ADA riser? A, four inches, B, five inches, C, six inches, D, seven inches. We have C, D, A. Correct answer is D, seven inches. Yes. Because, like, uh, being disabled is obviously many forms, right? It's not just we can't walk. Uh, what's uh, What do we got for scores? Reeves, what do you got? Nothing. Nothing. Not my day. Zero? <laughs> Jason, where are we going to eat? <laughs> Jason already picked you. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just go through the motions here. No problem. He is a half a Katek. Half a Katek. Yeah, it's true. Congratulations to Jason's bus. Three out of six. Three out of six so far? Sweet. Uh, number four, an architect is designing a project in a hot, arid climate. Which strategies can they employ to bring daylight to the interior of a building but not heat? Select three, okay? A, large expanses of south-facing glass. B, light shelves. C, skylights. D, fritted glass. E, north-facing glass. And we didn't even need to repeat it sounded like. We good on the answers? I can repeat the answers one more time if you need to. Reeves? Don't worry about it, Reeves. No, but if it's <laughs> select, select three. three. Okay, okay. Oh, An architect is designing a project in a hot, arid climate. Which strategies can they employ to bring daylight to the interior of a building but not heat? Select three. Is it A, large expanses of south-facing glass? B, light shelves? C, skylights? D, fritted glass? E, north-facing glass. Which three? She's still writing. A couple of writers still. What's that? This is the closest to an actual ARD question. It's pretty... Yeah, I feel like the ADA one was pretty tricky, too. Uh, uh, so Jason says uh, B, D, E. That is 
Correct. And then uh, Katie says BCE and Correct. Rebecca. The correct answer is B, D, E. So light shelves uh, make sense, right? Because the light would indirectly, the light would hit the light shelves and then bounce around. Um, so it wouldn't, it, it, could, it could, and the light shelves could be positioned outside, right? Yes. So then it doesn't hit the glass directly. The fritted glass, I just learned about this, was uh, basically it uh, reflects, it radiates heat back out. I had no idea. And then north facing glass, that's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. And skylights, you could get tricked up by that, but it depends where the skylight is. And this is like the skylight isn't going to help if it's not non if it's non fritted glass. Like you could say, okay, let's specify the skylight with the fritted glass, and then maybe it'll radiate the heat back out. So if anybody has a desert project out there and they want us to design it, we're, we're your well, let us know your peoples. All right, that's it. Take us out. Uh, if you like this episode, please share this episode with a friend, a colleague, your mother, whatever it takes. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, leave us a comment. See you next week.